1160 The Patriot is WWTC Minneapolis St. Paul FM 107.5 K298CO Minneapolis Intelligent Radio With SRN News I'm Michael Harrington in Washington A trio of U.S. servicemen lost their lives this morning The U.S. Marine Corps says one of their aircraft went down on a North Australian island during a training exercise. Officials say their V-22 Offspray tilt rotor aircraft crashed on Melville Island on Sunday. A statement says rescuers flew five of the 23 on board in serious condition to the mainland city of Darwin for hospital treatment. Australian police say they deployed aircraft to get the rest of the injured from that remote location. Correspondent Andrew Stewart. Russia's investigative committee has confirmed that Wagner chief Yevgeny Prigozhin was killed in that plane crash last week. They say forensic testing from the site indicates that he was amongst the dead. This is SRN News. Charlie Kirk believes we're seeing unprecedented behavior. This is not an exaggeration. This is not hyperbole. This is an attempt to nullify the United States Constitution. This is not justice, everybody. This is seething, neurotic revenge. Revenge against Donald J. Trump for even daring to run for the presidency. The Charlie Kirk Show, weeknights at 11 on AM 1280. The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Our sister station, thefishtwincities.com, plays all the latest tracks from today's top Christian artists. Go ahead and download the Fish Twin Cities app today. You can stream it online or with the Odyssey app. It's thefishtwincities.com. From the Genovations Region Weather Center, sunshine, high of 77 degrees today. Tonight's low, 61. Monday, more sun, high of 83. The closer edition of the Northern Alliance Radio Network with Brad Carlson coming up in moments. It's AM 1280 The Patriot. Portions of the following program may have been pre-recorded. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T-minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. Hey, I'm twelve eighty. The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone calls six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget, we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So, yeah, just go to Facebook, do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network, and give us a like or a follow if you have yet to do so. And, again, feel free to weigh in in the comments section there as well. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, uh, second broadcast within the past uh, 48 hours. Had an absolute blast seeing uh, everybody out at the Minnesota State Fair yesterday. First time I've been back to the fair since 2018, which 
not so coincidentally, was the last time I had broadcast live from the Minnesota State Fair. Yeah, the Patriot has not been at the State Fair since uh, the year 2018. And I guess that really was the only reason I'd been going out to the fair for the previous eight years or so, because uh, I hadn't been since. So uh, I get it. 2020 was a pandemic year. Fair was uh, canceled. And then 2021, people were just starting to kind of dip a toe into the proverbial pool. And getting back into real life after the uh, pandemic, I still was hesitant to do so. And last year, I just, I don't know, was busy, I guess. So finally got out there, and it was uh, great to be out there. Mitch Berg, Jack Tomczak, and myself broadcasting from the Republican Party of Minnesota booth. And seeing some of our listeners, you know, I I got to chat with listeners I've never met in person. I recognize their voices instantly from uh, calling into the show, so it's been fun to see everybody this past week, including the uh, event this past Wednesday uh, with uh, AM 1280 personality Dennis Prager. Yeah, we may talk a little bit about that later on. But I did want to get into some news items from this past week. So uh, President Joe Biden finally made the trek to Maui to see firsthand the horrific damage caused by the out-of-control wildfires. Uh, The death toll has risen, I think, north of 100 now, and there's still hundreds of people deemed missing. Just an uh, absolutely awful uh, situation that has occurred there. And obviously, there were a lot of critics of the president's response, particularly the no-comment response he gave to some media members when he was vacationing in Rehoboth, Delaware, a week and a half, two weeks ago, whenever that was. And some people are saying, well, gee, you know, uh, this has been going on for some time, and finally when the president responds, he just says, well, no comment. I mean, how callous is that? And, of course, you get the, the butthurt leftist media immediately comes out and tries to defend him. You know, they talk about... The that, in fact, there was a response almost immediately where FEMA and whomever else got there as soon as they possibly could to, you know, see two things, ensure that people were uh, ushered to safety. Now, obviously, it's a challenge being on an island. There's no interstate highways, right? You can't like literally get on a freeway and go to another state. So there's there's those challenges there. I get that. And I understand that and I appreciate it. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of these same butthurt media members who didn't like how the president was being criticized over his response or lack thereof or lack of compassion during this time, uh, a lot. It, it's interesting. It would have been interesting to see what a lot of these people were saying back in 2005 when. The hurricane when Hurricane Katrina took place fall of 2005. And, of course, there was that famous or infamous photo, if you will, and I talked about it last week, of then-President George W. Bush sitting in on Air Force One looking out the window and seeing the damage firsthand of what was going on in New Orleans. Because initially he was vacationing at his Crawford, Texas ranch. And when this occurred, he wanted to go to New Orleans firsthand to survey the damage, kind of get a feel for it. Okay. That's just kind of the knee-jerk response of a, of a chief executive. Well, 
it was later advised, given the situation on the ground and the logistical mess, that landing Air Force One while in the midst of trying to get some semblance of order in these flood-ravaged areas just wouldn't have been the best thing to do. So instead of landing, he just the Air Force One just kept passing on by. Well, of course, it spun as look at this, look at the, our president. How, you know, how how symbolic is this? Here, the President of the United States aboard this luxurious airline is literally looking out the window over people spray-painting messages atop their roofs begging to be rescued, and he just flies callously overhead. You know, as if Air Force One was supposed to land in these neighborhoods and let people climb aboard or something. I just never understood that rationale. So if you if, if that is how you're going to view the an executive's response, then, okay, then, then it should be equal coverage. And again, yeah, uh, people ignored that how the wildfires, they started on August 8th, and the White House approved relief on August 10th. And that same day, and this is Dave Weigel reporting from the Washington Post, uh, the president commented on the fires and the recovery while he was in Utah. But yet people chose to only focus on, you know, when he was asked about the the response, well, no comment, no comment. And people took that as well. You know, this is his first response at all, and people are languishing, and yet all he can say is no comment. Well, there was actually events going on, to be fair. But again, we don't seem to apply that same standard when it isn't your preferred commander-in-chief. So... If you want to if you want to play that game fine but you don't seem to give equal scrutiny here and, and again I get it this is a story as old as time but there's no denying that when you're lying on a beach luxurious beach and you're asked about the response and you give a no no comment I mean how how difficult would it have been to to just tell the truth say hey look we already have Aid was approved last week. There are already people on the ground, and we have tremendous amount of faith in our committed workers to making the situation as palatable as possible. I mean, something along those lines. I get it. President can't seem to speak in coherent sentences anymore, so I guess why bother? But after leaving the White House last week, vacationing in Lake Tahoe for a couple of days. Finally, he uh, deemed it okay to visit Maui. And, you know, just, again, there isn't anything that the President of the United States is going to do as far as, you know, pitching in physically to help out. I mean, that's that's not an executive's job, Okay. And again, I also compare to remember when Texas had that ungodly cold snap and there were, you know, their uh, pipes froze and they weren't getting any water because of their degraded uh, infrastructure down there. And Ted Cruz had already had a pre-planned vacation to Cancun and he was leaving to go to Cancun. Ted Cruz is literally a member of the legislative branch of the federal government. Yet when he went on a pre-planned family vacation, it was an absolute outrage. Even though he had literally no purview over the response to address that situation in Texas. But again, um, 
different politicians are held up to different rules, I guess. So, uh, Spencer, if we have this ready, this is a cut number one when uh, Joe Biden finally showed up in Hawaii. Uh, he kind of does what he always does. And I'll just kind of let this clip uh, speak for itself. This is Joe Biden in Maui, cut number one. Fifteen years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, <laughs> and my cat 15 years ago. Okay. Even if that story were true, how is that even comparable to what these people have gone through? I mean, it's absolutely stunning that that was the anecdote he would choose to trot out. And and what does that say? This this is what this is what he's always done. Is tries to appear empathetic, say, well, you know, the same thing happened to me. No, no, you don't need to inject yourself and your own personal anecdotes into the situation. Just saying, hey, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you. This is just all, we're just, our hearts are broken. I, I, we just, you know, some simple words like that could help assuage these feelings, at least a little bit. It's not going to help them forget it, obviously. There's still a lot to deal with. But then on top of it, to share an anecdote that isn't even true. Let's go back. You know, he's talking about uh, 15 years ago. Well, actually, it was back in 2004, so 19 years ago. This is from uh, firehouse.com. Lightning struck the home of Senator Joseph Biden, starting a small fire that was contained to the kitchen. No one was injured in Sunday's fire, which started amid a storm that caused serious flooding in Pennsylvania and knocked out power to hundreds of Delaware homes and businesses. Uh, Biden, who is a Delaware senior senator and top Democrat in Senate for Relations Committee, who can, whatever. His wife, Jill, reported the fire Sunday morning. And here is a quote from the fire chief, fire company chief, George Lamborn. Luckily, we got it pretty early. The fire was under control in 20 minutes. But yet, the way the way to hear him tell it, he almost lost his wife, almost lost his cat. God forbid, he almost lost his Corvette. So I, I and again, people are going to chalk this up as to the man's age. Well, you know, he's, he 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 doesn't kind of have all his mental faculties there. You, you you remember your old grandpa when he got to eighty years of age? Yeah, I do. And um, so then, why is this man president of the United States again? If if that if that's the logic you're going with, but now this isn't attributable to old age. Okay, this has been going on for some time. Okay, and we'll uh, talk a little bit more about that when we come back from the break. And be available to take your phone calls as well. Six five one two eight nine four four eight eight. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N A R N Show. And don't forget, we have the live stream of the broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So feel free to check us out there as well. Brad Carlson, the clothes are back in mere moments. Go nowhere.
soaking up the sun in Fiji, walking through the sculpture garden in Minneapolis, or standing in awe at the Grand Canyon. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280 The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. If your home plans include adding a bedroom in the basement, you should be aware that code requires an emergency egress window so any family member rooming downstairs can get out of the house quickly and safely. Egress windows also supply access to the basement for emergency responders. Standard Water Control specializes in egress window installation. Add light, ventilation, and value to your home with an egress window. Now is the perfect time to schedule your consultation. Visit standardwater.com. That's standardwater.com. Are you or a loved one struggling with drug or alcohol use? Maybe you're not sure if it's addiction or if treatment's needed. If so, you're not alone. According to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, 19.3 million people aged 18 or older had a substance use disorder in the past year. Hazelden Betty Ford offers a free confidential assessment. Inpatient, outpatient, and virtual options are available. It's time to take back your life. Hazelden Betty Ford can help. This message sponsored by Hazelden Betty Ford, the Minnesota Broadcasters Association, and the state. Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-296-1553. 800-296-1553. That's 800-296-1553. AM Radio provides always-on news, sports, talk, traffic, and weather reports. It also delivers vital emergency information when your community needs it most. A new bill in Congress would ensure AM Radio stays in your car. Because when cell and Internet services are down... This free emergency service is critical. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress to support the AM radio for every vehicle act. Message and data rates may apply. You may receive up to four messages a month, and you may text stop to stop. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Hey, this is Matthew with The Kingdom Builders. Here's who we are. We're expert hail inspectors and give you an honest opinion on if you have damage. You could even say, we make an impact. We'd be honored if you look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. A Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks always for tuning in. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N show. Pretty comments or questions? You can also check us out on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. Just do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network at Facebook and uh, give us a like or follow if you uh, haven't done so already. Thank you as always for tuning in. Our good friend Wild Wilson from down in Texas is checking in saying hello. Wild, always good to see you, sir. Thank you for tuning in. 
Ed, continuing our discussion uh, regarding Joe Biden finally making the visit to Hawaii. And look, I I understand pigpiling upon the nation's top executive when the response may not be what you think it should be. You know what? Again, I, I, I concede executives don't have a direct handle or don't have a direct impact on the response to disasters like the wildfires in Maui. But if you're going to play this game where you're ripping the lack of compassion or lack of action shown by the federal government when Donald Trump was president or when George W. Bush was president, particularly during Hurricane Katrina, don't really don't really uh, care to hear your spin on this one. Just I've got to be perfectly honest. But again, we left off where Joe Biden shared an anecdote about a fire that took place in his kitchen in 2004, almost lost his wife and his cat and his Corvette. But uh, they got the they got the fire under control. Thank God. Well, no, the fire was under control within 20 minutes. Small kitchen fire, barely registered a blip in any major news outlets. But this is what Joe Biden does. And again, people say, "Well, you know, that's his age and whatever else." And it, but the spin I've heard a lot because he's done this before. He's done this. He absolutely has done this before. The spin I hear is like, "Well, you know, Joe Biden. He's this very high profile senator. Was a senator for." 45, 46 years, was vice president for another eight years, and now he's president of the United States. And, you know, regular people probably in his presence get a little intimidated by his stature, you know, the aura of that is Joe Biden. So he just tries to appeal to these people on on their level to be empathetic and try to show them he's just a regular guy. And they excuse it by saying that, well, yeah, he Basically saying, well, yeah, sure, he might stretch the truth a little bit, but he's just trying to make people feel better. So people who have suffered a tragedy and you lie to them in these anecdotes, that's supposed to make things better? That's supposed to assuage their feelings at the time? I I, I just I, I don't understand that logic. And it reminded me of a testimony that was given by a woman just a couple of weeks ago. If you remember the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan, we just surpassed the two-year anniversary of that when the United States finally withdrew forces from Afghanistan, and it was an absolute disaster. Thirteen U.S. service members were killed, and basically the Taliban has taken over the country again. So we're, it was a full circle moment. Where Afghanistan was pre-9-11 is where it is now, and how many countless lives were lost fighting the global war on terror only to have Afghanistan devolve back into what it was before that awful day on September 11, 2001. And then to compound that, you have mothers who lost their sons. Well, uh, Spencer, we have that ready. Cut number two. So Cheryl Rex uh, recently testified uh, about the uh, loss of her son. I want to make sure I get her son's name correct. I have it written down. uh, Dylan Marola. Dylan Marola, he was a, I think he was a lance corporal in Afghanistan. He was one of the 13 service members killed during the withdrawal efforts in Afghanistan two years ago, where, incidentally, uh, Joe Biden's approval rating was above 50 percent. Ever since then, it has dipped well below 50 percent and has never recovered. And it's been two years running now. So I'd throw that in there. Uh, so when you talk about how Joe Biden tries to make people feel better by sharing anecdotes. Uh, This was a 
hearing that was put forth by California Congressman Daryl Issa. I believe Miss Rex lives in Congressman Issa's district. So he was able to bring forth these Gold Star Mothers to share their testimonies about that awful day in Afghanistan two years ago. So again, this is Cheryl Rex talking about her son, Lance Corporal Dylan Marola, killed in the Afghanistan withdrawal two years ago. Cut number two. When Joe Biden, our elected president, entered the room, when he approached me, his words to me were, my, w- my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a fog-draped coffin. Wow. My heart started beating faster, and I started shaking knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. After this encounter, I have never had any personal correspondence, nor has my son been honored or his name spoken by this commander-in-chief or his administration. Well, yeah, because that would put focus on why he died, and he died because of this feckless administration. So, yeah, I can understand why they wouldn't mention uh, any of those who passed away. Uh, how does that, that? That's just beyond angering. And your my heart goes out to the sweet lady Cheryl Rex, having to endure that. I mean, I, I've said it many times on this show before: a, a parent having to bury a child, regardless of the reason, is the most heartbreaking, heart wrenching moment any parent has had in their lives. I've, I've, I know parents who have had to do this. And the one thing that I've heard from them, a variation of it's the most confusing time in their lives above all else, because I brought this child into this world. They're not supposed to leave before me. So not only is it heart wrenching, devastating, it's just incredibly confusing. And you know, for Joe Biden to express his sympathies and for to see him to simply say something, again, something along those lines, hey, burying a child is the worst. My son was, I think Bo Biden was close to 50 when he passed away. It, it was a tragedy. No question about it. Even though Joe Biden was in his mid-70s at the time. Burying a child, no matter how old, is awful. And, of course, he lost a daughter, you remember, in a car accident in the early 1970s, his infant daughter. So, yeah, Joe Biden has no question experienced tragedy. And if he could have just kept it on that level and said, I know what it's like to bury a child. It's awful. It's terrible. I, I know it's different circumstances, but it's terrible. And my, my heart goes out to you. I, I, I honestly think this woman probably would have accepted that, knowing this about Joe Biden. She acknowledged that she knew Bo Biden died of brain cancer, didn't die in Iraq. And Joe Biden has been say, sharing this anecdote forever and allowed to get away with it. And, uh, Spencer, we have cut number three ready. Eric Erickson, conservative radio host, uh, finally had all finally had his fill of this. It's just like, you know, Donald Trump was not allowed to lie with impunity, nor should he have been. OK, I was critical of Donald Trump when he told very obvious falsehoods. But with with Joe Biden is, ah, oh, that's Joe. He's just trying to be empathetic, try people make people feel better about this awful tragedy, which, again, I don't understand how that's supposed to make things better, lying, but there you have it. Uh, Cut number three, Eric Erickson, again, kind of had his fill about the media not uh, calling out Biden's lies. The press 
continues to let him lie. The press continues to lie for him. It was not a perfect withdrawal from Afghanistan two years ago. Americans died. It is not a perfect response in Hawaii. Americans died. And so the response now is to blame climate change, to say, actually, there's nothing we can do. It was climate change. You could have done a whole lot more. You could have fixed the sirens. You could have used the sirens. You could have diverted the water. You could have given the firefighters the resources they needed. You could have been there sooner. I mean, nonprofit charities from churches beat the federal government to Hawaii, and the federal government doesn't like churches helping with nonprofits because they believe they're exclusionary, and yet it was the churches who showed up and did not ask a single person if they were gay, straight, trans, black, white, male, female, what their gender identity was. They just helped their fellow American, and they did so sooner than the Biden administration. That's a uh, and yeah, he's exactly right. And that's a, that's an excellent point. Something that I hadn't thought of, but I'm glad Eric brought up about how the federal government does not like uh, churches helping out in certain situations. This reminded me of the uh, COVID response in New York City. There was a New York City uh, city councilman who basically told Samaritan's Purse, who was helping out with New York City, because New York City was the COVID hotspot for quite some time. And Samaritan's Purse was there to help out and administer supplies and give them shelter and, you know, try to uh, keep them away from uh, potentially vulnerable people instead of shoving them in the nursing homes like the governor was doing. And then once the infections and whatever else started to go down in New York City of COVID, the New York City Councilman Speaker, uh, his name was Corey Johnson, basically told him, yeah, you don't have to go home, but you just uh, got to get the hell up on out of here. You know, because they didn't like how Samaritan's Purse didn't like the fact that they were a faith-based, faith-based organization. So that kind of is the it of government these days, apparently. Brad Carlson with the closer back in mere moments with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. We all hear the radio ads about the IRS. They tell you to be afraid, to be scared, and they try to frighten you into calling. I'm not here to do that. Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, $50,000, or $500,000, we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids. No matter where you are, call now. 800-583-0141. Don't lose hope. TRA can eliminate or reduce what you owe to the IRS. There is zero risk to you. If we can't reduce your tax debt, then you pay nothing. Our passion is taxes and helping individuals fix their IRS problems. We have a five-star rating on Google and Yelp and an A-plus with the Better Business Bureau. You don't need to be afraid of the IRS any longer. End your tax nightmare today by visiting us online at TRA.com or call 800-583-0141. That's 800-583-0141. Tax Relief Advocates, real solutions for real people. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Do you feel like your route to retirement is filled with detours and road construction? Pull over and tune into your clear path to retirement with Taylor Sundin and Corey Zafke. Taylor's a certified financial planner and Corey's a wealth advisor. 
and together they founded ClearPath Wealth Advisors. They'll help you see the bigger vision of what's possible and efficiently chart your course so you can enjoy your retirement journey. Tune in to Your Clear Path to Retirement every Sunday morning at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot. For 30 years, Robbinsdale Women's Center, known as RWC, is the first step for women facing unplanned or unwanted pregnancies. The majority of women they serve are seeking or considering abortion, but through their free services, including an ultrasound and parenting program, women are empowered to choose life for their babies. Last year, 279 moms gave life to their babies thanks to support they received from Robbinsdale Women's Center. That's 279 children born, enough to fill nearly six school buses. You can make a huge difference in these women's lives by giving to RWC. Your gift will bring hope and life. Robbinsdale Women's Center needs your help so more women can have the opportunity and support to choose life. For more information on RWC's life-affirming work or to donate, go to rwcinfo.org, rwcinfo.org, Robbinsdale Women's Center, saving lives, changing lives since 1992. Make a difference today at rwcinfo.org. That's rwcinfo.org. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. And here to take your phone calls, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And again, we have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. So feel free to check us out there as well. And hey, give our page a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And as always, we thank you for tuning in. So the first Republican presidential debate took place earlier this week, uh, Wednesday evening, to be exact. I didn't get a chance to partake in it. I don't know that I would have, even if I had a chance to do so, but I was otherwise occupied. Uh, We were involved in a event for AM 1280, the Patriot. Yeah, it was a cigar night with uh, Dennis Prager, our very own Dennis Prager, who can be heard on these very airwaves weekdays, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Central. And I mean, it's Dennis Prager. Okay. Dennis Prager is a national treasure and to just be able to sit and listen to him uh, pontificate for an hour or two, uh, was about as phenomenal as you would expect. I've been, I've had my own regular show for 12 years now and have gone to many Patriot events, many of which included Dennis Prager being a part of the event. And I have to say that this was the most amazing talk I've ever heard Dennis give. And that, and that's saying something because he is a fount of knowledge, a just wealth of great perspective, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm not a cigar smoker, and I did not partake. I thought about it, but I think, eh, nah, it's just not my thing. But uh, from what I understand about those who indulge in cigars a lot more than I do, these were some of the uh, finest cigars that were uh, that they've ever partaken in. So uh, thanks to all of our sponsors, by the way, who were involved in this terrific event at Mendicota Country Club in West St. Paul. Uh, just, again, uh to be able to sit and listen to Dennis, it was uh, it was at times some of the things he had to say was very sobering. I mean, you can't help but be a little bit sobering in what we're seeing our country devolve into this day and age. And you know, I I'm not I'm not a uh, 
I'm not someone who's a, a, a pessimist in saying this country's gone to hell. We're at the point of no return. I mean, it'll never be what we what it was when we grew up and in the country we grew up in. And, you know, I, I'm always hesitant to say something like that because the America that I grew up in the 80s and 90s, I, I, I loved. It was a joyous time. It was, it was an uplifting time, dare I say, prosperous time. But you know what? It wasn't that way for everybody. But that being said, I can't really think of a whole lot of groups that today's country and the environment of today's country is beneficial to. I really can't. Okay, so uh, I I don't know if they if it can be turned around, and that really wasn't the tenant of Dennis's talk, but more of just kind of an analysis of how we got to where we are. And if you were listening closely, perhaps a roadmap to better days ahead. Who's to say? But anyways, I wasn't planning to talk a whole lot about the event this past Wednesday night, but how could you not when you have an opportunity to sit and listen to Dennis Prager, it, uh, it, was, it was absolutely phenomenal. So, uh, again, and by the way, I got to talk to some of the listeners who usually listen to this program. Uh, didn't recognize them, didn't recognize their faces, obviously, because, well, they're listeners. But as soon as they come up and said hello to me, I recognized the voice right away because, you know, some of them have called into this show regularly. So you know who you are. I'm not going to name individual names because inevitably I'll forget someone. But you know who you are. If you came up to me, said hello, um, I appreciate it. I take that back. One name I will mention, uh, Marianne Koharski. She's been a valued sponsor of this radio station for pretty much since the inception of AM 1280, The Patriot, in 2001. She is the founder and director of of Pro-Life Across America. You know, the billboard people, you hear their ads constantly on our airwaves. And they've been a staple of my show for 12 years, these ads. I've heard them every Sunday. And I'm a pro-lifer, so I appreciate the work they're doing. And I had to go up and say hello to her. I said, I stuck my hand. I said, Marianne, I said, I'm Brad Carlson. I do the Sunday show. I just, I, your ads are a staple of my show. I was, you know, telling her that whole thing. And before I could even finish my sentence, she said, oh, Brad, so nice to meet you. You know, this tiny little five foot lady threw her arms around me, gave me a big hug. I love your show. I listen to you every day. Or I listen to you every Sunday. And I, I, I so appreciate it. And of course, I, we were, it was an outdoor event. It was hot and humid. I was sweating like a hog. I'm like, oh, Marianne, God bless you. Thank you. I apologize for being all sweaty. You're a very classy lady and whatnot. I, I don't care. I listen to your show every Sunday. I so appreciate everything you, you do. And I, I'm very humbled by that because uh, uh, Marianne, very sweet lady. And again, everything she's doing for the pro-life cause, uh, I, I, we certainly appreciate. So again, uh, just a great night all around, and glad I got to be a part of it. Now, on to the debate. Like I said, I, I caught some highlights of the debate, and, you know, the general sense I got from people who I trust said that Ron DeSantis, who really, as of this point, is the only realistic alternative to Trump for the Republican nominee in 2024. Trump has had a pretty substantial lead most of this year. And DeSantis has at times has closed the gap, but Trump's kind of had a comfortable lead. And, of course, Trump has decided not to participate in any of the debates. Uh, I said on yesterday's show I'm skeptical that he's going to be able to stay away because he likes humiliating people for sport. And so he's not going to be able to stay away from these debates for much longer. I mean, remember 2016? Jeb Bush had no shot to be the nominee, but yet Trump humiliated him for sport because that's what he does. So we'll see. But from what I understand, Ron DeSantis acquitted himself well. 
Uh, Nikki Haley, I guess, was one of the, in the minds of a lot of people, the big winner because she well overperformed expectations. I don't know that she'll get a big bump in the polls over it, but she overperformed. Uh, the one disappointment was Tim Scott. I like Tim Scott a lot. He is this, just this very kind and level-headed guy, doesn't get too overheated by criticism thrown his way. And believe me, he's had some awful things thrown at him on Twitter, some of the classic things that a black conservative is subject to. Uh, apparently, he was very low energy, didn't have a lot going on, uh, very underwhelming performance, which is disappointing because I was hoping Tim Scott, and again, it's not over, I get it, but I was hoping that he would catch a little more traction, certainly. Uh, and then again, Asa Hutchinson, non-entity, Doug Burgum, who you know is a fan favorite of our, our good friend uh, and colleague Mitch Berg, because uh, Mitch, uh, Mitch uh, likes to tell the story. Uh, Mitch's dad was an English teacher, high school English teacher, and taught Doug Burgum's wife. Okay? So, you know, and she was a classmate of Mitch's as well in uh, Jamestown, North Dakota. So uh, I guess Burgum was underwhelming. He may have been hepped up on painkillers. I guess he suffered a bad injury playing pickup basketball that day. And there was wondering, there was wonder if he would even show up at the debate. In fact, it was funny. He said, yeah, it appears that Governor Burgum slightly tore his ACL, so he's a question whether he'll show up at the debate it read like an nfl injury report seriously it was just bizarre so uh you had that the most polarizing uh viewpoint the most polarizing candidate from wednesday night was vivek ramaswamy he i guess made a lot of money in tech silicon valley is not a typical politician as we saw with Trump, a lot of Republican voters look at that as a feature, not a bug. Uh, a lot of people are suggesting that Vivek isn't really in to try to win the nomination. He's just trying to clear the path for Trump because he called Donald Trump the greatest president of our tw- of the 21st century. Which, got to be honest, that isn't a high bar to clear, to be perfectly honest. I love George W. Bush, but kind of looking back, there are a lot of things I, uh, you know, as I've gotten older and more evolved in my uh, political worldview, I take exception to. Again, uh, George W. Bush still revere as, a, as an incredible man of God and a, a great ambassador for God's kingdom. But as far as the president, yeah, left a lot to be desired. And, of course, Obama and Biden, uh, just, yeah. So a low bar, to, to be sure. And no surprise, one of the top uh, uh, Trump performative leg humpers, Charlie Kirk, Came out and said, well, look at this. Look at this small focus group. Uh, they all thought Vivek won the debate. Uh, it's it's kind of a, it looks like it's a funeral procession for the old Republican Party. And, of course, I replied to Charlie's tweet. I say, what old Republican Party would that be? The one who, oh, I don't know, won elections? Because you can't govern unless you win. So it's all it's all fine and good that a lot of these candidates that ran in 2022 were were pushing out the old guard and, and showing what the Republican Party could be. But if they don't win, they can't govern. So not sure how much good that does. And apparently, uh, Chris Christie has now chosen Vivek as the guy who is going to be the recipient of Christie's proverbial uh, bullet. Because in 2016, it was Marco Rubio, because Christie knocked out Rubio in kind of a quote-unquote, you know, in a mythical murder-suicide to clear the path for Trump. Well, this year, Christie's looking to knock out Vivek Ramaswamy. He called him the human fo- uh, chat GPT in human form, which I thought was pretty good. Uh, obviously, Vivek is the pro-Trump guy, and Christie is anti-Trump. So um, th- in this case, uh, this would knock out a key Trump surrogate. 
for whatever reason. So, again, I think Christie is in this more for sport. But the one thing I couldn't help but notice is you saw a lot of progressives take to Twitter to take exception to one thing Ron DeSantis was saying. And Ron DeSantis was talking about how progressives support abortion right up until birth. It's kind of hard to argue when you've seen some of the legislation passed. Uh, One of them was Al Franken, disgraced uh, former senator out of Minnesota, saying, no one is trying to allow abortions right up to birth, you a-hole DeSantis. And this is on Twitter, by the way. Sorry, I meant you jerk. No, a-hole was right. So apparently the former senator is engaging in classic projection there. Then you had Jen Psaki, former Biden press secretary, now MSNBC personality. No one supports abortion up until birth. And then you had Katie Couric, a former Today Show host, uh, NBC or CBS News anchor she was for a time. It's worth noting that fewer than 1% of abortions occur in the third trimester. Okay, but you say no one supports abortion up until birth? Uh, kudos to the DeSantis response team. They brought receipts, and we'll come back with those in the final segment of this hour. And uh, might be available to take a quick phone call. We'll see, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Or check us out on our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page where you have the live stream up and running. Brad Carlson, The Closer, back with one final segment this hour. Go nowhere. From South St. Paul to Southeast Asia and Little Canada to regular-sized Canada, we're where you are. Listen anytime, anywhere at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280, The Patriot. Two things that hit a family budget the hardest, the price of gas and of groceries. Let us ease that pain at the pump when you enter the $18,000 gas and groceries giveaway. The grand prize winner gets $10,000 in gift cards for gas and groceries. Three first prize winners each get $1,000 gift cards, and 10 second prize winners will get $500 gift cards for gas and groceries. That's $18,000 total. Go to am1280thepatriot.com to register. If you're a business owner, imagine getting up to $26,000 per employee. There's still time for business owners to file for the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. This program is for business owners who continue to pay their W-2 employees during the COVID pandemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at DH Tax and Consumer 
Consulting have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE. And your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee for free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Your children and grandchildren are inheriting a world that's more upside down than ever before. They'll need extraordinary skills to make a positive impact. A Christian education will give them the solid foundation they need to not only endure, but thrive. And that education is available for half off their first year through TwinCitiesTuitions.com. To see our full list of participating schools and to see if the half-off tuitions program is a good fit for your family, go to TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com. Turning on your favorite ministry or catching your favorite talk show. These are just a couple of reasons more than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio monthly. Visit DependOnAM.com to help keep AM radio and vehicles for the next generation. Hey, welcome back. He just said that. AM1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. That's me, Brad Carlson. One final segment this hour. I left off talking about the first uh, Republican presidential debate that took place this past week. You had a lot of high-profile progressives like Al Franken, Jen Psaki, Katie Couric, complaining about uh, Republicans saying that Democrats support abortion rights up until birth. Uh, and they were all denying that. Well, um, as a matter of fact, and kudos to Stephen L. Miller on Twitter, in 2015, Senator Franken co-sponsored U.S. Bill 217, which would have prevented states from putting restrictions on abortion at any stage of gestation. So um, Senator Franken can gaslight all he wants, but the fact of the matter is, yeah, they do support it up until birth, and Kudos to the DeSantis team for bringing the receipts. Uh, this is about five minutes long, so this will probably take the rest of the segment here. But featured in this clip are prominent Democrats, surrogates, whomever else, like uh, Pennsylvania Senator John Fetterman, New York City Mayor Eric Adams, New Mexico Governor Michelle Lewan Grisham, Senator Ben Cardin, uh, Virginia State Delegate Kathy Tran, former Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, Senator Amy Klobuchar, Governor Andrew Cuomo, Mayor Bill de Blasio, uh, Kamala Harris, Jen Psaki, Stacey Abrams, Pete Buttigieg, Focahontas Elizabeth Warren, Governor Katie Hobbs, Senator Bernie Sanders, former Congressman Tim Ryan, and empty suit Beto O'Rourke, all uh, will kind of uh, disagree with the progressives on Twitter that Democrats don't support abortion up until birth. Again, this is pretty lengthy, but worth listening to. Cut number four. Do you support any restrictions on abortion? I don't. I've always believed... Even in the third trimester? I, I, I... Do you think there should be any limitation on abortion? Uh, no, I do not. Up till now, my understanding is there wasn't a limit on when in a pregnancy a woman could receive an abortion. Have you set any limit on There are no limits. Is there a cutoff for you before that point? No, to me, it's, it, it's a reproductive, it's a health care decision. It's up to women to make that decision. Where it's obvious that a woman is about to give birth. She has physical signs of, of, that she is about to give a birth. Would that still be a point at which she could request an abortion if she was so certified? My bill would allow that, yes. 
Virginia's governor says he has no regrets on his comments earlier this week defending abortion, even as a baby is being born. If a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mothers. Are you for the what he said or late-term abortion or the moments that he was talking about where you would keep a woman comfortable after she was giving birth in case she wanted to abort her third-term child? I don't know all his comments, but what I do know is that I am for a woman having the right to make a choice about her own body. State lawmakers in New York approved a law permitting abortion in the state up until birth. Cuomo applauded the legislation and marked the occasion by lighting the spire of the One World Trade Center pink to celebrate. Eight months into pregnancy, should a woman be allowed legally to have an abortion? Again, I've told you I believe women's right to choose, period. At the Capitol today, a House committee approved a bill that would remove restrictions on abortions performed in Minnesota. bill would erase the requirements such as parental notification or that clinics can only handle first trimester abortions, that patients be told about possible links to cancer and the 24-hour waiting period. The bill would repeal a law that requires doctors to save any baby born alive during an abortion. Those in favor of Prop 1 include Governor Newsom, the California Democratic Party, and abortion rights groups such as the Planned Parenthood affiliates of California. It would remove all restrictions on abortion, allowing for late-term abortion even up until the moment of birth even if both mother and baby are healthy. Now, he is vowing to fight here and says this new law makes it very clear where California stands on the issue as a sanctuary for abortion care. Governor Gavin Newsom announced a new abortion marketing website establishing California as the nation's taxpayer-funded abortion state. The president is prepared to sign the Women's Health Protection Act, the so-called Women's Health Protection Act, that would have nullified states and religious freedom laws across the country with respect to abortions and allowed late-term abortions without any notable restrictions in most cases. Does he support any limits on abortion? He supports the right of a woman to make choices about her own body. Do you support any limitation on abortion, or does it? do you think that women should have the right to have an abortion all the way up to nine months? That should be a choice made between a doctor and a woman. You do it by not setting arbitrary gestational limits. Do you believe at any point in pregnancy, whether it's at six weeks or eight weeks or 24 weeks or whenever, that there should be any limit on a woman's right to have an abortion? I trust women to draw the line. Senator Warren, would you put limits on uh, any limits on abortion? I would make certain that every woman has access to the full range of reproductive health care oh, services, God. and that includes birth control, it includes abortion. Any kind of uh, limit for abortion, where, where do you go? F- 15 weeks? Do you, uh, what do you do? Where do you go? Look, there is no one-size-fits-all limit. You would veto any law with any limit on abortion? I would veto any additional restrictions on abortion that are sent to my desk as governor, yes. Do you believe that a woman should be able to terminate a pregnancy up until the moment of birth? Look, I think that that happens very, very rarely, but at the end of the day, I believe that the decision over abortion belongs to a woman and a physician. My question was about any limits to abortion at any point, you know, late term, anything. You you, got to leave it up to the to the woman. Do you believe there should be any restrictions on abortion? 
I, I don't. I was born September 8, 1989, and I want to know if you think on September 7, 1989, my life had no value. This is a decision that neither you, nor I, nor the United States government should be making. That's a decision for the woman to make. Okay, so there you have it. Uh, interesting, they're, they're basically all saying that, you know, well, we leave it between a doctor and, and a woman. So if the doctor says uh, abortion up until birth, then yeah. That's that's basically what they're saying, but they're all denying it. And isn't it interesting that Katie Couric, she was the one pointing out, wow, it's worth noting that fewer of 1% abortions occur in the third trimester. Well, A.G. Hamilton by Twitter pointed out, you know, it's kind of disturbing that you journalists keep using this dishonest framing. 1.3% of abortions is ten to 12,000 babies per year. And that's similar to the number of gun homicides each year. So do Democrats spin it that way? You know, I mean, how, how do you think progressives would take that if gun rights activists said, well, you know, it's only uh, it's only 10 to 12,000 people per year dying of gun violence? You know, do you think they would be okay with that same spin? No, no, probably not. Nor should they be. So woefully dishonest uh, because I realize probably this issue isn't polling popular. Abortion right up until birth, so. Anyhow, uh, Bob, from Shoreview, sure Bob, I appreciate you calling in. It was good to meet you yesterday, Bob. Sorry I don't have time to get to your phone call today, but it was uh, great meeting you, sir, and uh, hope to chat with you again real soon. So, hour number one in the books, hour number two coming back in mere moments. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back in a few. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every. The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 730. I remember when we found out we were expecting you and we were so surprised. You were? Yep, but then we heard your heartbeat and knew you were going to change our lives. What happened after that? Well, you grew and grew in my tummy. You started kicking, sucking your thumb, and even making a fist. No wonder I was a surprise. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of alternatives or assistance or would like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773 or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Did you know that an auto accident as slow as two miles an hour is enough to shift your spine out of place and compress a nerve? Hey, it's Dr. Kim Tran with Minnesota Integrative Health and Chiropractic in Ridgefield, all 494 and 35W. Because I've also suffered from auto accident injuries, I'll be your biggest advocate to ensure that you get your optimal health and function back. Even if you've been in a minor crash, it's important to seek treatment within the first 24 hours. Most people are in a state of shock and don't feel anything right away because it can take up to two weeks for symptoms to appear. 
As a corrective chiropractor, we take x-rays to determine what injuries you have to prevent scar tissue from developing and causing further problems. If you've been in an auto accident, we're here to help at Minnesota Integrative Health and Chiropractic. Call us today at 612-545-5672 or go to drkimtran.com. That's drkimtran.com. I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean shorts. 